0: Tobias and Horik are traversing a relatively flat mountain path deep in the Vorgarag Mountains—a commonplace to find the two of them in the handful of months that have passed since Nina Dari's departure. Months of searching for any sign of Danzig has proved fruitless. I what we doing out
1: Look, I know, I know we've been looking a long time, but I, I still think he's out here
0: somewhere. I mean he just disappeared it doesn't mean he's dead done you take that me man Hork's fists are kind of clenched into tight balls at his sides look Hork, you're either gonna help me or you're not I mean if it was your brother we'd be out here forever I mean you wouldn't give up any hope and you see Hork kind of raises his hands come up and as he's about to answer this loud bellow it echoes around the two of you interrupting this heated conversation followed by the unmistakable clatter of weapons What the hell is that? Continuing down your path here it suddenly opens up into this frenzied battle dozens of orcs from the Rockshod tribe, they square off against members of Hork's tribe, the Gorlocks who are severely outnumbered without hesitation wielding his battle axe in two hands Hork charges into the fray he parries a rock shod's weapon swing away from a down member of his tribe, only to be swiftly overtaken by three more rock shod orcs, his left shoulder is pierced by a hurled javelin, causing one hand to lose its grip on his axe. The swoosh of a great club it arcs through the air and clobbers into his remaining hand, gripping his weapon, battering it away from him. As another javelin pierces Horrocks' abdomen, running him through, the dull point adding fresh blood to the already stained battlefield as it drips from the ends now protruding from its back and as Horik he falls to his knees with a bellow of his own he catches a savage kick sending him unmoving to the ground and these same three rock shard orcs they now turn their attention towards you Tobias as they move up with their weapons drawn one of them grabs the javelin out of Hork's guts as they start to approach you oh sh-
1: shoot. Okay, so Hork's down then, right? He looks oh uh, Okay, I'm turning around and I'm gonna run back into the mountains, or try to hide.
0: And fleeing this, this scene, you flee the, the savagery that has quickly befallen your friend in a mere seconds before you could even react. You sprint back the, the way you came. As you round the bend in this trail, you, you cast one fleeting glance back, the Sounds of battle are quickly dying out as these gorlocks barely stood a chance. Turning your attention back to the path ahead of you, you see the approaching swing of an axe handle just in time for it to make contact with you, pitching you into darkness. Okay. An unknown amount of time later, you, you, you wake up. Your head's kind of throbbing, its blood drips down into your eyes. You realize that your hands are bound behind your back, and you are upside down. As you 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 begin to focus on your surroundings, you see you're hung from this husk of a tree that's kind of sandwiched between these two boulders. You're bare from the waist up, basically. You're, you're shirtless, basically in tatters of your of your pants here, and. As you struggle in and pull against these ropes, you kind of start to slowly twist from your hanging position until you turn face to face with an orc warrior. Your quickly focusing gaze meets his at eye level. Uh,
1: I'll, I'll shake my head and try to get the the blood, you know, that's going down into my eyes, and and so I can get a clear look at what's going on here. And I these are the the. Uh, rock
0: guys, so... Actually, you... You notice, strangely, that these orcs actually don't sport any tribal colors.
1: Oh. Okay. I'll go, uh... Hey, guys! Uh, can we talk about this
0: a little bit? Uh... I... I, I'm no threat. Settle down, half-man. You're suffering soon. What do you mean? Well, soon we eat you. Oh, wonderful! You don't want to eat me. I I don't taste very good. I I guarantee you. Oh! And he gives you a big poke in the chest, a hard poke, and you begin to s- start swing back and forth. You see, he pulls his hand back, and it's covered in honey. As he licks his finger, and now your your torso is completely coated in this honey. Oh, you you marinate now. You you taste good soon. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, I, hell, why don't you just go ahead and eat me now?
1: Just get it over with.
0: You're not ready yet. We still full for lunch.
1: I'm going to spit on him. Just spit whatever blood I have in my mouth. And go, come on, you son of a bitch,
0: eat me now. And he wipes it off of his face with one big, meaty hand. Kind of looks at it for a second and then begins to lick it off of his palm. No, not ready yet. And as you're swinging back and forth... You can now see kind of around this orc, which was right up on your face. Behind him, there's this large fire with four more orcs sitting around it. One's kind of poking and prodding in the embers, stoking the flames. As another slowly turning this half-eaten human leg on a spit above the fire.
1: Uh, great. So my t- my hands are tied behind my back. There's no way I can... All I can do is sort of maybe adjust and swing myself a little bit, but I can't do anything to release my hands?
0: No, uh, you can can make a strength check.
1: Okay. Four. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think I'm just going to... I mean... As far as I know, I know Nina's gone, Horg's dead, Danzig's gone. I am just going to taunt these guys. I just... I think I'm done. Come on, you pieces of crap. Just go ahead and
0: kill me. Just kill me and then you can marinate my body. I said not ready. Shut up. And he grabs your hair in one hand, winds up his other one, and just wallops you right in the face, huh. knocking you out again. And then the, the hours pass as, as you kind of drift in and out of consciousness uh, until night has fallen when you kind of fully come back to your senses. You see the orcsters kind of still sitting around the campfire, no sign of this human leg in now. And they're just bickering with each other in, in orcish, uh, you know, throwing rocks and hunks of meat at each other before they they kind of finally settle in for the night and they roll over to go to sleep.
1: Okay, I'm going to just look around. Do I see anything else out in the darkness? Anything uh, animals or... Or anything that I could entice to come <laughs> I don't know lick my <laughs>
0: it's incredibly barren the, the the dying fire only casts about 20 feet of light and you're kind of on the out, even on the outskirts of that itself
1: alright I'm just gonna start I'm gonna just try to annoy them so they'll at least come and, and kill me so I'm gonna start yelling hey!
0: hey I'm am I ready yet? am I ready yet? And they, at first, they just kind of ignore you. One of them, a different one than you were speaking to before, kind of gives, gives, turns over and gives you a look. Just lays his head back down, going back to sleep.
1: I'll just start yelling more. I, I'm not going to stop until one of them comes over and puts me out of my misery. Come on, you pieces of crap. Come on. I'm not going to.
0: Nobody's getting any sleep tonight until I'm dead. Shut up, Huffman. I smash a mouth! I. And- Blood. Yeah, good. Smash it. I had blood to marinate. Yeah, whatever. And yeah, so he gets up and he grabs this large club, kind of you know patting it on his open hand <laughs> as he walks towards you.
1: Okay, I just swing over him and spit at him a few times.
0: Go make it a good one. Hit it. Get it right on the head the first time. Stop moving, so I can. And he winds up with two two hands like a batter stance before he can. Swing and puts you out of your misery. An arrow comes flying out of the darkness, and embeds it into this orc's skull and drops him to the ground.
1: Okay, I'll try to shake <laughs> as much as I can and spin around and see what the hell just where that came from.
0: You slowly twist on this dangle, uh, this rope that you're dangling from, and it's just darkness around you. And one of the another orc. Kind of, again, rolls over and shifts and sees his friend out of his bed rolling on the ground and sees you twisting and kind of gets up. and Huh? Jokno? He walks over to him. Jokno, what? What wrong? Let me go or I'll kill you too. And he sees finally the arrow in his friend's head. And before he can answer you, another one comes. Another arrow flies out of the darkness and, and takes this one down too. This time, he gets a a scream off before he's killed, stirring the three other orcs as they all now, ready for a fight, jump up and grab their weapons as arrow after arrow after arrow, quick succession from the darkness, landing bullseye hits on these orcs.
1: Okay. Uh, How many are left?
0: All five have been quickly dispatched in a matter of 15 seconds. And this cloaked figure emerges from the shadows now, as you are kind of twisting around back to the campfire. Well, hello there, my uh, little friend. Uh, hi. Uh,
1: hey, thanks for killing those guys for me. I was just about to get to it myself.
0: It looked like you are in a bit of a sticky situation. (laughs) Uh, you could say that, yeah. And he comes right up to you and and stops your rotation as he puts a light hand on you, and you see he's he's a he's a human, about middle-aged. His face is is quite scarred and, and worn, uh, showing you know experience of, of a hard life, but still quite handsome, uh, still very chiseled, distinguished, uh, retaining some of some of these youthful features even in in his extended years. Well.
1: If you're going to eat me, I suggest you just go ahead and put me out of my misery, too. Don't just leave me hanging here.
0: Well, don't think I'll be doing that there, partner.
1: Okay, I'll just sort of give him a, a little shake over and go, you, you going to let me down then?
0: And he grabs the rope, kind of moves again out of your vision uh, towards where this tree is kind of anchored between these boulders and grabbing the rope and gently letting you down because you're like six feet up in the air basically <laughs> to be able to meet the gaze of an orc as he l- lowers you to the ground and unties your your bound hands
1: all right i'll sort of roll over and and try to wipe off some of the uh, the
0: honey and stuff that's
1: on me to, can i find my shirt is it laying around Did they my weapons and stuff
0: yeah, you see your whatever you had on you is kind of cast aside near where the, the two boulders in the tree where the anchor point was. Okay. You're And now you're hitting the floor. You're kind of covered in dirt now and, and pebbles stuck to the honey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, those are uh, little legs work. Uh,
1: and I'm assuming I've been hanging for hours. Yeah, so gonna, yeah. Sort of smack onto my legs a little bit and, uh, and try to get them to... You know wake up and maybe crawl over pick up my dagger and and try to wipe everything off and go yeah i think i can walk i definitely don't want to stay around here any longer than i have to
0: and he the man he kind of holds a hand out to you i call me killian Van Corian.
1: ah tobias forge i hold my hand out to him wipe it off a little bit and get the honey and gunk off of it and Wipe it on my shirt, and then hand it. Put my hand out to him.
0: Follow me, there, friend. Sure.
1: All right. Wherever you're going is, uh, I'm right behind you.
0: And he leads you off into the darkness, away from this camp. And the two of you, you're basically walking for all for for the night throughout the night, and the next morning, you you've, he's led you, Killian has led you to the southern foothills of the Vorgarag Mountains. So there, buddy, uh, where do you think you'll be going next?
1: Well, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, I i don't really have any place to go. There's nothing back where I came from. My brother's dead. My, the only woman I ever had feelings for is long gone. And I think... My best friend just fell in battle. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who where I could go or who I could trust anymore.
0: He kind of yeah he regards you and kind of takes all this in it takes a few seconds before he answers. sounds like you've uh, been getting the shaft there recently my friend <laughs> and a few more seconds pass.
1: I'm just going to sit there silently, sort of contemplating everything that's been going on, staring out over the valley, and uh, sort of look up at him and sort of shrug my shoulders and go, yeah.
0: And kind of now in, in the in the morning light, he gives you a bit of a more of a, a look over than what was quite pertinent uh, at the campfire, and even by torchlight navigating the mountains, well, er, I, I could use the help of a little fella like you. Some business in Drukal, you ever been? No. Well, if you're interested, tag along with me. I can teach you some things. So I sort of look him
1: up and down, like, this guy's a little bit uh, strange, but he's obviously has some skills, and I don't know. What the hell else am I going to do? So I'll sit there for a second, and then I'll go, yeah, why not? What the hell do I have to lose? Uh, it's a good time for me to start over. I don't have anything left to lose, so let's go.
0: Well, that's mighty good to hear there, friend. I'll teach you to be the one giving the shaft rather than being on the receiver and end.
1: Yeah, I like that. Why not? I mean, come f- them all. This time I'm doing it for me.
0: That's the ticket. come f- them all. Well, shall we proceed to your new life there, Shaft?
1: I'll sort of look up with him with a little bit of a smile and sort of slap him on the back and go, I'm with you, buddy. Let's go.
2: Last time on The Incorrigible Party.
0: Following the newly met dwarf into his secret storeroom, Falzern and Shaft inspect his wares. The wizard scoffing at the selection, as usual. They ultimately settle on acquiring magical tattoos that summon the depicted beast as an ally. Meanwhile... Shakara and Mia get their first up-close look at the city of Heraklion, with its varying architecture and tiered landscape, as they find their way to the Knowledge Center seeking information on the Kraken and the Niogi. Falzerin leaves Shaft to get a drink at the Creepy Aura, and heads west from Port Heraklion, diving into the sea, hopeful that he has not missed the regular Triton patrol in the area he upturns a specific stone in the heart of a growth of coral before returning to the shore and heading to meet up with Shakara and Mia. And
2: now, let's see what mischief our adventures get into next.
0: You make it to to the gates, and of course you know, uh, again, taking in the same scene of of this city, uh, which... Type of buildings uh, equate to which, you know, the, this, the evocation sector is constructed from more of these stone buildings tucked into the southwest corner of, of the city and has this carved moat that's been dug around it and filled with this clear blue water. that's still as glass with a wide sweeping stone bridge that connects its buildings to the, uh, to the inner city kind of keeping this safe barrier away from any maybe spells that may go awry in the middle of this city. The conjuration and abjuration sector is sporting these circular buildings capped in tall. Green spires, they seem to be very clearly inspired by, by elvish architecture. Divination and, and enchantments uh, section they're much more rectangular with these marine, uh, maroon roofs. Aspects of, of dwarven architecture showing through. and. The necromancy sectors buildings they they're made of a very porous faded limestone covered in the, this creeping growth of dark green mosses and, and and lichens and finally the transmutation and illusion sector comprised of these thin tall buildings with turquoise green shingled roofs decorated with strippings of these lo- dark stained wood that trim the length of the, the buildings
3: ah it's it's good to be back in my hometown, I, uh, I look uh, look over to the evocation side of the of the city as I pass it, and look at that beautiful stonework. Not a scrap of wood to be found. Perfect place to practice a fireball. <laughs> so I head to the the center of the city and take in this vast building that is the the
0: knowledge center and. I head inside. Okay. And again, a, a large, large building. Is there something that you would want to look into as well, or do you want to speak with Shakar and Mia first? Or
3: I'm going to st- stop at the desk and ask it. You know, there, there's two people who, who are um, companions of mine, and they might look a little bit out of place if you saw them. Have you seen? Have you seen two, two ladies who are? not wearing robes, they're wearing quite a bit of armor, actually. Does that ring a bell?
0: Oh, yeah, they certainly do, yes. Uh, the, the last I spoke to them, I, I directed them to the, the lore and legend section.
3: Ah, okay. Excellent, thank you. So I think I think Falzern, um Yeah, he'll go meet with them and, and see see if they've discovered anything useful before he goes to read up on anything in particular that he wants to read up on. So I'll head over to that area. See if I can see them.
0: And you do find them kind of leafing through these thick, dusty books. Quietly conversing with each other.
3: Look at all of these massive bookshelves. Isn't this place fantastic?
0: It
2: does not have quite the information we seek. Oh. It's a little bit
4: disorganized for my taste.
3: I'm... I mean, I'm quite fond of of this place I've spent many, many long hours just devouring all of the knowledge that there is to be had here.
4: Oh, I can- I mean, I, I can see your point, Falzer, and sorry, I don't mean to offend, I just... No, no. When you're looking for something specific, it's terribly difficult to find.
3: No, that's- that's quite alright, I, I understand, it's... I think the hunt for that morsel of, of information is, is part of what I enjoy so much, it, it's part of the challenge.
2: I'll pick up, a, like, three big dusty books and, like, drop them in his arms and I say, You look, there is no information on how to tell if someone is a deep scion. And I will watch him closely at this information.
3: So you guys have both been reading up on deep scions?
2: And krakens, amongst other things.
3: Hmm.
4: Yeah, I went over and tried to find out things about the Niyogi, but I don't know.
3: I'll be honest, um, I mean, I think those are all great areas to to read up on, Um, and Shikara, I am a bit worried about, it's a shame that you haven't been able to find anything about detecting Deep Scions, because I think that's what was back at the dock, that, that man who got crushed who turned into something else.
2: Yes, and no one knew that he was one. They all seemed surprised and shocked.
3: And I'll be honest, I'm worried about the people that I intend to go meet here on Heraklion. What if one of them is a deep scion? How, how will I know?
4: When we turned the guy into the guards, they said we're going to have to tell the elders about the kraken. What if the elders are deep scions?
3: That's that's a good point. I I don't know. I don't know what else to do. I if they're not, I have to tell them.
4: I mean, like I said, I can study up on my zone of truth, but I just... There's a chance that they could kind of answer without answering my questions. Shakara is
2: obviously flustered from four hours of studying and not getting the information that she wants. Mm -hmm. I'll say, Short of killing people, there doesn't seem to be a way to tell. I am not quite ready to go that route.
3: Me either. I mean, I would hate to kill innocent people just to... Because of suspicion that they might be something else. Um, well, that's t- too bad. I was hoping that I was hoping that you you two might have come across some useful information in the time that I was away.
4: Well, we do know how to recognize a kraken's lair now. Oh, you do. Yeah.
3: How about uh, I'll I'll share with you what I did in the four hours away, and then you share with me what you did. Falls and turns around and pulls his shirt up.
4: <laughs> oh no, false don't.
3: Isn't it magnificent?
4: What is that? What have you done? It well, kind of looks like a big turd. What is that?
3: No, no Mia, it's. I'm sure you can tell it's a shark. It was. Are
4: you sure you asked for a shark? Why do
2: you have a shark on your back?
3: Well, it's actually magic and I can- It's actually my it. lower
0: back.
2: <laughs>
4: Why do you have a butterfly on your lower back? Shaft got one too.
0: Shaft
2: has a shark on his back? It must be a baby shark.
3: Shaft's a little bit different, but this this tattoo here can turn into a magical shark that could potentially help us if we ever run into that kraken or some other sort of danger in the water. I think what? it will be quite powerful.
2: That is interesting.
3: Yeah, and he pulls up the shirt on his um arm and shows them the tattoo on his on his bicep and says this can turn into a giant wasp if we should ever need.
4: Oh, look at that stinger.
2: <laughs> that is an impressive stinger.
3: Yeah, he flexes and there's like no muscle there
0: at all. <laughs> Were you muscular? The the bee's wings would flap when he flex, but unfortunately there's no bicep <laughs> to to manipulate. Yeah. It. <laughs>
3: So tell me what you found out about the Kraken.
4: Where do we begin? They were
2: used as slaves until they broke free.
4: And now they are just wanton destruction.
3: So they're evil.
4: Yeah, I for a minute there I thought reading about their intelligence meant that they could be reasoned with, but they really want to destroy any, anything on land, any civilization.
3: Now, who were they enslaved to?
4: The gods. I believe.
2: Yes, mm. some higher being.
4: But they themselves are higher beings. Krakens and Aboliths, they are able to create deep scions.
3: Oh. That is interesting, but. The Kraken has not been around very long, and. and. Brendel. I
4: mean. That's what I mean, who is creating these deep scions in Heraklion, and by yeah. what means, and how long ago, and where, and why, and why, there's more questions than answers, and we're frustrated.
3: Yeah, this is all a lot to think on. I guess the good news is that my apartment will be a Your quiet- Your
4: apartment's in the library? <laughs>
3: no, it's, it's not. A boy can dream. It will be a quiet place for us to rest tonight and and perhaps we'll wake tomorrow morning and be able to make a bit more sense of this information but until Shaft shows up I'd like to do some reading myself and maybe we can keep studying who knows what we might come across there might be some bit of useful information that can help us
2: I think I am through reading you two carry on I will wait for you and wait for Shaft
3: Okay, there are some very comfortable uh, couches over there, Shikara. If you want to take a nap, that's something that's commonly done here. No one will think anything of it. Are
2: there any coloring books or anything? <laughs> 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 I think I'll just I'll just go wandering the aisles, just just looking at the books. I'm not gonna.
0: So, Falls, what kind of stuff do you want to look into?
3: Given that they've spent several hours already looking into Kraken and Neogi and Deep Sion. I will probably
0: read up on Archfey that I can find out about them So you being from Heracleion, you know that that source of magic is, is again against tradition here and you would be very unlikely to find information on such a being uh,
3: I see, okay Hmm.
2: Ooh, I know what I want to look for I want to look for information on the Tritons
3: You're napping, sorry.
2: (laughs) I'm wandering the aisles.
3: Um, I guess if Archfey will be a dead end, I'll perhaps stroll over to where I might be able to find some information about um, necromancy to try and see if I can correlate anything that might be written in any of those texts uh, with this black ooze and what I've seen with the rabbit that came back to life and Barry the badger that came back to life.
2: That's good thinking.
3: So Falzern suspects that that might be some sort of necromantic magic at work there.
0: Okay, and Shakara, you do want to look into Tritons? Yeah. Shaft, what are you doing here? You're still in the creepy aura.
1: Okay, so I'm going to head back up to the bar and uh, sort of get up on the stool again and, and talk to the bartender and go, Hey, uh, what was your name again? And stick my hand out.
0: Oh, my name's Hefe. Hey
1: Heffy, nice to meet you
0: No, 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 it's it's Hef, eh? <laughs> oh Hef <laughs> yeah. Uh, gotcha. Yes. Gotcha gotcha.
1: Hey, uh you wouldn't happen to know where a guy might uh find a good time here. If you know what I mean.
0: Oh yeah, down at the end of the port, eh?
1: Down at the end of the
0: port? I sort of point. Oh yeah. You get many sailors in here
1: awesome that's that's great now I want to kick our buddy off so hefe uh before I go uh and enjoy a little bit of comfort uh I I need to get back down and talk to your buddy again if if, if I can
0: oh I, 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 yeah okay I mean you were down for there for a long time eh
1: yeah 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 I know but my my friend left and I I might have something uh, I might be interested in that... You know, just between he and I.
0: All right, uh, you know where to find him. And he... Again, you hear that distant, muffled bell ding as you leave him. Okay. And you see Tanshi come out of the stall once more. So, uh, you change your mind on another tattoo, eh?
1: No, no, not not interested in anything else. Uh, I want to... I'm interested in, uh, you want to make a quick 50
0: gold pieces? Well, I'm certainly always up for making some money.
1: Yeah, you don't have to do much. Just need you to store something down in your little locker for me. All right. You don't need to do anything. Don't want you to look inside. Probably not a good idea. 50 gold, all you gotta do is store it until I get back.
0: And, uh, how, how long am I storing this for?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll do the 50 gold pieces just to store it, and then I'll give you another 50 for every week that it stays down there. And it's small. It's basically a barrel.
0: Ah, uh, alright. I-, I got room down here.
1: Yeah. And, you know, just so we... I, I mean, I trust you. You seem like a nice guy. Uh, But this is really important to me. So I want to make sure we are on the same page here, I sort of. Look in his eyes. You're not going to look in it? And, uh, we're going to keep this secure. Between you and I. Nobody else talks about it,
0: right? I mean, this is where I conduct my, my business here. I, if I bring other people down here...
1: It's not for sale. Got
0: it? I think, uh, I think I can work with that.
1: I mean, god damn, it's easy money, right? Alright. Sounds like we got a deal. I'll be back in a minute. I take off. I go back out and head back to the uh, the Rising Starfish. What is it? Two or three? Three Rising Three. <laughs> I did three. Uh, so it's, it's it's more evening time now. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna head back and try to get onto the boat. I'm not gonna be necessarily stealthy, but I'm not gonna be trying to uh, draw any attention. And I'm gonna head down to where uh, Danzig is is being kept.
0: And you kind of quickly walk past Grimby. He's at the helm. He seems to be, you know, kind of investigating it. And you see, he's got like the the cover of the li- the levers. He's got it like pulled off, and he's looking at all of the inner workings. Kind of really inspecting inspecting the boat and stuff. And he doesn't seem to notice you walk by. Him.
1: Okay, so. My goal here is to go and, and open back up the. This is a regular size barrel.
0: It's a little larger than a barrel, but it would take up like a 5x5 five five cube, basically.
1: Okay, so this is something that I can't move on my own, or I, I will need some help. You will need
0: some, especially with it filled with water, you would definitely need some help.
1: Okay, so I'm going to go check it out, make sure everything is
0: still intact. He's still in there, everything looks good. You look inside. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you do see him. You see that the the shriveled skin uh, is no longer shriveled, and his the light chest rise and fall is stopped.
1: So he looks like he's not no longer breathing. That's right. So uh, I'll I'll sort of lift him up and sort of smack him around a little bit, see if he gets him moving again.
0: And there seems to be no reaction to to your your smacks. Is your hand kind of? ...wipes and slips on this this cocoon that covers him.
1: Uh, does he... All right, I'll put him back down in the barrel. I'll wrap it back up again. And I'll go, Hey, Grimby! Hey! Need your help for a second. Hey, When would you get back on the ship there, Shaft? Oh, I just got back. I didn't see you. I would have said hi. Uh, I need you to help me get this, this thing off. I mean, I know you don't want it on the ship... I'm gonna go give him a proper burial, and I just it's easier to just keep him in the in the barrel here.
0: I, I can certainly give you a hand with it.
1: Okay, so try to manipulate it up and back onto the dock, at least.
0: And it's a it's a bit of a struggle with the two of you, but you are able to get a, get it up and through the stairs a bit. You know, maybe some of the the this briny water splashes splashes out of the this cover. It's not quite a, a perfect seal, right? But you do get it up and off onto the deck.
1: Okay. Are there any uh, uh, deck cans or, or port people around?
0: There are still people loading boats. Absolutely.
1: Okay. So I'll th- say once we get it down on the dock, I'll tell Grimby. Hey, thanks, thanks, buddy. I'll see you in a couple days. Hey, take your time. Okay. Oh, and uh, just you know out of reverence for my my brother here. Let's just keep this between you and I.
0: I It'd uh, it, it be a, a blessing that you get to bury your own. I only wish I could have done the same for Jerry. I, I understand, dear, Shaft. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Thank you. Before you go, dear, Shaft, uh, speaking of discretion, I, I think I should uh, come clean with you about uh, one thing. Yeah? You see the uh the Horizon 2 well it blew up and it uh it blew up for a reason there was there's something in me cargo hold that uh, I was supposed to take down to Port Coltas Oh yeah well uh. Uh, it was it's part of the agreement of me getting me ship there the uh, man in Pisces, he approached me and the f- previous captain he he died in the Kraken attack there in Pisces, and I tell I, I was feeling pretty down on me luck there, and uh, me and Jerry, we just had nowhere to go, nowhere to do. I took I took his offer.
1: Hey, you don't have to explain anything to me, Grimby. I mean, once you've had a giant sucker push clamped in your face and a breathing hose jammed down your throat, you get a little different perspective on life. I get it. You don't have to tell me anything. But, uh, since you're bringing it up, What'd this, uh, fella look like that, uh, asked you to deliver this stuff down to Port Cultus?
0: Hey, uh, he'll be a big he won big boy, I, tell I uh he said his, his name was Dellen. Uh, he had the deed to the boat. I, uh, thought it was on the up and up there. Uh, signed it over to me, and we parted ways. I just needed to take the cargo down south there, and I'm afraid, uh, I might have gotten y'all wrapped up in this with me. I don't know how safe it'll be on me boat in the future. I, uh. I'd be wrapped up in this paladin business now, I think, here.
1: Uh, hey, listen, chum. You know. We, we got your back. Uh, we're all in this together. I mean, y- you and I, especially. I think. I think, uh, now that you've got this. The, the Rising Starfish 3 here, I mean, look at this thing. It can. It can go under the water. Uh, it can it can go about anywhere. It's it's a much better ship than the crappy ass uh, starfish too, right? They're never gonna catch you in this thing. And if if something comes
0: up, we've got you. Hey, aye, aye. that make me happy to hear. I, I greatly appreciate that, sir uh, As I tell you, you, you all have a spot on any boat I be piloting, whether or not we be chased by the kraken itself. I tell ya.
1: Well, I think uh, the, the thing to know here is uh, we may need your help for a while before, you know, we we get into this whole paladins of cultus business. We need we're gonna need you to help us find some stuff, and maybe we'll we'll clear up your little problem in the process.
0: I think I like that sound of that. Uh... Not too sure what I'd be telling me new crew here that if I can find some, but, uh... May cost me a pretty penny to have them board.
1: Ah, just tell them the money's on its way. Uh, I mean, look, some of these guys out there don't look like they have, uh, two coppers to rub together. They'll be happy to help us out for, I don't know, throw them a little bit of the money.
0: I, uh, gold pieces, they, they talk quite a bit, eh, uh.
1: Alright, I got some barrel rolling to do, but uh when I get back, we'll talk about this further. Keep checking out the boat, see what other cool stuff this thing can do.
0: I, uh, she be a beauty. Uh, I learn all her nooks and crannies, I tell ya.
1: Alright, see you later, chum. I go over to one of the dock workers and go, Hey buddy, how you doing?
0: Oh, you know, just about uh, just about off shift here.
1: Oh, yeah? I tell you what, I'll go buy you a couple beers over at the uh, Creepy order if you give me a Give
0: me a hand. Oh, uh, what do you need here? you moving something? It's my specialty. No,
1: I just need to take this, this barrel of ale I need to take over to the Creepy Aura. It, it, it just came out on the ship, and and uh, I want to take it over there. I can't lift it myself. I'm the little guy, as you see.
0: And he, he agrees to help you in exchange for, for a, a few rounds.
1: Okay. So, sort of take it up, try to get it into the, uh, the, the bar there in the tavern. And, uh, scooch it over. Hey, let's, let's put it over here by the by the pisser, and, uh, and go up and order whatever you want. Okay. And he does. And then, once he's in, I'll open the door, sort of slide it in there, and, uh, give a wink to the bartender and go, sort of point over at the the thing, like,
0: okay, as, ring the fucking as you're bell. As you dragging this barrel, you're kind of getting some odd looks from, from the people in, but, you know, they just indulging in their libations and Tenchi comes up and out of the stall again. Yeah, help me get this down there. Oh my... Oh. Alright, well, come on, make it quick. Try to
1: try to push it down into the the area and get down there and give him 50 gold pieces. It's a uh, nice doing business with you and I will be back. Keep a tab.
0: Alright, uh... No questions asked.
1: And I, and I go, by the way, my name's Shaft. And I shake his hand.
0: And he, he obliges.
1: I think you and I might become really good friends if we, uh, you know, we can work out some stuff together.
0: Well, you know, uh, friendship, I think, will be about as strong as the amount of gold you can pay me. So I'm happy. Happy for it.
1: Let me tell you, I, I have some contacts uh, back on the mainland that might be able to supply you with things to... Uh, make some extra cash. You and I, we might be uh, we might be able to work something out.
0: You know what? I uh, think I like the sound of that.
1: I uh, turn around, walk back, walk up the steps, and see you later. And go up and have another beer with my uh, my new um, friend from the uh, port. Just sort of talk to him a little bit about you know the stuff coming in and out of the port. Anything weird. And uh, sort of say, hey, did, were you were you working a while back when the, when the guy got crushed? Did you see that guy turn into like a fish type of thing?
0: Yeah, that, that, that was my friend. That was your friend? The guy that got crushed? Oh, I, I, I thought it was. I, I, I don't know.
1: Oh, dear God. Hey, hey, bartender, bring me something a little stronger for this guy. He just lost a pal. I mean, God, I, I'm so sorry to hear about that. Oh jeez! And what? What the hell was that? Oh, shit it looked like a big snake, like metal snake of some kind.
0: Well, did I, you see it? I, I saw. It. Yeah, yeah, I saw. it. We picked it up. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what, but the, we've been running and loading stuff for that Elstov all, all all day.
1: Yeah. God, Elstov. Who's Elstov?
0: Oh, you, you you must have seen him. He was that little gnome.
1: Oh yeah, I did. The guy that was uh, yelling yeah, he, a
0: lot. He, he likes to yell. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh jeez. So that guy's the guy that's uh oh, I mean that that looks pretty goddamn scary to me, I'll tell you that.
0: We just take it to, to poor Randis and we we offload it. I don't know what happens to the boxes.
1: Oh, dude, dude, I get it. Don't ask him any questions, right? You just You're just the packing guy, I get it.
0: I just get I just get my wage. I just get my wage and then I can come and spend it in places like this.
1: Alright, so I drink with him for a few minutes, listen to whatever BS he wants to tell me, and slap him on the back and go, ah, I gotta head out. I gotta meet some friends, man. It, hey, it was nice. It was nice meeting you. Hey, you know, just between you and me, if I if I ever see you again, and I sort of push ten gold pieces over to him and go, uh, let's just pretend like we never met.
0: I'm gonna per- I'm good at forgetting things. Good, good.
1: I'm glad we uh, i glad we understand each other. Hop off the stool and and head back up to the library.
0: So falls are in, you know, a, kind of another almost hour-ish passes as you're looking into necromancy and trying to find some connection between this school of magic and this black slime that you've witnessed and seen its 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 raising effects. And you kind of being not being your specialty, you do learn a few things, uh, a new few new things. As uh, you learn that wielding this this school of magic, it's rooted in use, utilizing the the power of what's called the negative material plane, or also known as the plane of death. And this particular volume on necromancy just kind of has basically like what would be a footnote uh, mentioning it as the the plane itself having collapsed eons ago during this the spell plague, which allowed it to spread its influence throughout all other of these planes of existence. Therefore because it affects everything and everywhere, there, there's many methods of bringing back the dead that exist. And you see that it goes into detail in like the various necromancy spells that one could learn and use, you know, basically like you're reading the, the player's handbook. You know, like the durations and what kind of ingredients you need, and then the, the ritual, the uh, somatic and verbal processes, and that kind of thing. A lot of which you you you're familiar with, like you, you've read before. But again, you don't find anything that that specifically mentions any type of black ooze or goo. But the only processes for raising you really find in this book are uh, related directly to the specific spells.
3: Are there? A- it, would it be pertinent for me to make note of the specific spells that would be able to do what I've observed?
0: No. Again, you again. It's it's like it basically lists necromancy spells like you would be listed in the player's handbook. Like, and none. And like I said, none of them specifically mention black goo.
3: There's none that, despite not mentioning black goo, there's none that seem to do a similar thing that I've seen done.
0: Well, you've you've seen a dead creature. Reanimate is what you've seen. So all right. of these spells depend, okay. like, right?
3: So there's no real like um, thing that stands out about what I've seen that would narrow down the list at all.
2: So you're saying there's no useful information in this great knowledge area resource place?
3: There's plenty of useful information. Look at all of these necromancy spells here that you could potentially study and learn. You just none of them happen to have anything to do with black black goo. So is,
2: no information that we need.
3: Well, this is, you know, it knowledge is is sometimes hard to hard to cipher through to get to the that little nugget that you're searching for and that's that's part of the fun, Shikara, is the hunt for knowledge.
4: I do not find this fun. Well, you and I have different ideas of fun, Falser and i like books
0: after this 5 hours in this library it becomes uh it's very apparent to the three of you that there seems to be a lot of knowledge that is just omitted from what is contained within this building or very possibly buried somewhere so deep in some type of book that it would you know it, you would have to spend days or weeks combing through every single volume
4: mm-hmm. Did we find anything out about the Tritons?
0: Yes, yes. Uh, so Shakara and Mia, you, you basically you confirm a lot of what Falzerin has relayed to you about the race themselves, and about some of the tidbits in which you are would be familiar with normally. That the Tritons they they originated from the the elemental plane of water, and they're they exist and have traveled to the material plane. Specifically, they arrive to fight some type of, of elemental evil that they, they feel that they need to keep in check as ultimately their their race, they're a race of, of, of good aligned beings. And they, they kind of take it upon themselves uh, as, as if it's like some type of sworn duty or oath to to monitor and protect the material plane from such beings. You also learn, you find like, um, you find notations from like the specific author of, the, of this book that like some of their own encounters, mentioning that despite having a vested interest in the material plane, that Tritons themselves very rarely venture t- to land, therefore are very unaccustomed with land-dwelling, uh, land-dwelling traditions and customs. It's almost like still, despite wanting to protect it, it's almost still this very foreign concept and way of living to them.
2: I'm going to whisper to Mia so Falzern can't hear us. He was at least honest about the Tritons.
4: Yeah, it's true. Seems like they're pretty good people.
0: And very quickly after discovering this additional information, uh, Shaft, you arrive at the library.
1: Okay, I walk up. It's, I mean, it's obviously the library, right? So I'll walk in. I'll look around. Is there, uh, is there like a front desk or something?
0: Yep, that's where the, the clerk she sits at.
1: Okay, I'll walk up to her. Who, Who is it? Describe her to me.
0: She's a human female. She looks maybe in her mid-twenties. Uh, auburn long hair that flows almost to her waist. She looks a little very waifish.
1: She got glasses.
0: She does not have glasses.
1: I uh I sort of pull myself up on the, from the desk a little
0: bit. Hey, how you doing? I'm quite all right. Uh, she kind of looks over at you, sees your armament. Um, I think I might know who you're here with.
1: Oh yeah? Uh, <laughs> how you how you know that, baby?
2: so weird listening to my husband flirt with Leland
4: it's so (laughs) weird to watch
0: (laughs) I love it she reddens a little in her cheeks and gets a little bit flustered you know the the others with with the armor uh, you all look similarly garbed
1: ah yeah yeah. I I might know them so what what do you do around here for a good time
0: oh Look around you. The, every book you pull off the shelf is a good time.
1: <laughs> oh, I didn't realize it's that kind of library. <laughs>
4: uh,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> what? What do you suggest?
0: Well, I'm. I'm.
1: Because I have a suggestion.
0: Well, I suggest you maybe look at some of the volumes in the back of the library.
1: Kama Sutra. Oh yeah. You like the books in the back, do you?
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's getting bad. <laughs>
2: wow!
3: Oh boy, here we go, folks.
0: I'll take my I'll take my books wherever I can get them.
3: I like your style. So,
1: where are these guys that uh, you said were wearing armor?
0: Well, look, the last time I saw them was uh, near the the middle of the library on the second floor.
1: All right. Well. Uh, you working, uh, what time you get off?
0: Uh, pretty soon, actually. I've been here all day.
1: Oh, great. I'm going to go up and see my friends, and maybe I'll check back with you.
0: Sure, maybe. I can help you if you want to check a book out. Uh, yeah. I'll wake at her. And then I head upstairs. And you do finally rejoin the party.
4: Is this gonna be one of those moments, Leland, where you're, we're all listening back? Like he told us to check out the books in the back. <laughs> no one checked out the, No one checked out the books in the back. It has everything we're looking for back there.
1: <laughs> no, I'll, I'll walk up and go, uh, you know, hey guys, in a loud, a lot louder than probably needs to be said in a library. Shaft, how many drinks do you Hey, had? what's up? Uh, I've had a couple. A couple, uh, couple, a couple. All right. Uh, how about you guys? Uh,
3: you done with your book learning? I think, we've, I think we've learned everything we can learn tonight, and it, it's getting a little bit late. Why don't... I think we're all ready to get a good night's rest. Did you talk to your pals yet? No, uh, I think that's something best done tomorrow. All right. Well, let's find a place to crash. All right, let's head back to my place.
2: Yes, let's leave this place. I am tired of books.
3: So I lead them um, out of the library, and we head over towards the southwest side of Heraklion to the evocation uh, district. And so we we approach this part of this um, this part of the city, and. There's a nice uh, stonework bridge that crosses this moat of nice clear blue water and leads into this district that has a, a stark difference in the architecture. The, everything's made from stone. It's You don't see a scrap of wood or anything flammable, for that matter, around.
0: Very utilitarian.
3: Yes, exactly. And so we wander a little ways and... Um, Come into a a part of this district that's a bit more quaint, um, nothing fancy, and and I show them up to this this uh, row of, of small houses, kind of like townhomes.
0: They're very cookie cutter as well. Again, much in the the focus being the the magic and the and the, and the, the studying. Um, lavishness is not one, not much to be found throughout Heraklion, as far as living quarters go.
3: Yeah, there's certainly no um, you know dwarven stonework or anything, uh, any fancy carvings in any of this stone. Um, it, it's it's quite just functional,
0: from the outside at least.
3: So I show them up to uh, up to my house and I say, uh, j- just a moment, please. And I give a little feel around on the on the bricks here, the stones that outside of the the front of the house, and I I find the right one and give it just a certain type of knock in a few different places and it it kind of shuffles a little bit. I'm able to crack it out a little bit. I pull a little key out from underneath it, put it in the lock and give it a turn. Say, welcome to my humble abode.
0: What's it look like inside?
3: So as we go inside, it's, um, you know, you can tell that it hasn't been lived in recently. Maybe a little bit dusty. It's pretty sparse, um, but, but comfortable there's a little hearth that can be stoked um, should it be cold tonight and um, there's there's two levels the one main floor has a small dining area with a little table and a small little kitchen and a sitting area and then upstairs there are a couple rooms with some beds in that that we can sleep in for the night I say I I apologize. It's it's not very spacious. We'll we'll have to share um, we'll have to share bedrooms. But but there are there is space for each of us to to have our own little space to sleep in each room. So I can um, I have some cots I can fold out so that we don't have to share beds. Is there any art on the walls, like Jolvie posters yeah, or anything? That's... Um, no, like, I don't think Falls is a, a big Jolvie fan.
4: At least not now. <laughs> is there a picture of you and Brendel on the wall?
3: Yes, there is.
4: <laughs> oh no.
3: I um, I as I'm walking by, I kind of you
4: like put it face down.
3: <laughs> I look at it and and just pause for a moment and let out a long sigh and take it down off the wall and set it face down on. Throw it into the hearth. Long sigh on.
4: A long, uh, yeah, deep long sigh On, yes, a deep long sigh on this,
3: long scion.
4: <laughs> So when you offer to like pull out these cots and stuff, Mia's gonna say, do you have guests here a lot? You have a lot of if you have cots and beds, I mean more than one room, is it just did you and Brendel share this place?
3: No, Brendel, Brendel and his wife, Catalina they have their own place but I did have guests from time to time
4: Yeah, how great to have more than one room that's amazing
3: Well, that's very kind of you, Mia. I, thank you. I, it's, it's not a very impressive place, but it, it works for me.
4: I've never owned my own place. I mean, you're further ahead than I. It is a roof over our heads.
3: You got anything to drink? I I think there should be something around here. Let me see what there is here, Shaft. So I rummage around and and um, pull out a, a warm ale. I say, uh, it's probably better cold. I don't know if you... You've, it sounds like you've already had a few shafts maybe maybe just water is I'll best i'll
2: grab for you. the ale from you crack it open and and chug it
3: you got any more nah, uh, like i said i think i think water is probably the best thing for you tonight shaft we've got a long day ahead of us tomorrow i'm all right i'm all right, I'm all right.
4: mia's already like just taking off her armor and like not involved in this <laughs> conversation she doesn't care <laughs>
3: you got any board games <laughs> <laughs> I have
2: the royal game of Ur.
3: Ah, very nice. I, I've heard of it. Yeah, whip it out. Well, as much as I'd like to entertain you, you guys for uh, you know for the evening, I I'm pretty tired, and I'm really looking forward. It's been a long time since I've been home to my house and got a good night's sleep in my own bed. So you're you're welcome. Whatever is here is yours. Help yourselves if you want to stay up, but I think I'm going to turn in for the night. Help you. Uh, hope I that's not, uh, hope you're not offended.
2: I too am quite ready for sleep. All that reading wore me out.
3: A warm ale will really uh, make you drowsy, too.
2: Good night, all. Good night. And that's our show. Be sure to follow us on social media, Incorrigible Par on Twitter, Incorrigible Party on Facebook and Instagram. You can visit IncorrigibleParty.com for additional world and NPC information and to get all your Incorrigible Party merchandise. Merchandising. That's where the real money is made. Get a flamethrower. The kids love that one. The Incorrigible Party is sponsored by Critical Hit Design. For your design needs, visit CriticalHitDesign.com. That's me. All ambient sounds and music during the episode are courtesy of TabletopAudio.com, and our intro and outro music was created by Josh Jarvis. You can contact him for your own musical inquiries via email at jamesmercymusic at gmail.com. Happy adventuring!